Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. This is episode 218 for April 9th, 2020. This week we've decided to do a little fireside chat style show where we'll be talking about different paddling trips we've done and events that have happened and what we like about paddling in general, doing a little anecdotes about different things that have happened on trips over the years. So stick with us and we'll be right back after these commercials to get on with the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. So welcome to the show tonight. Um, I'm Sean Rowley. With me is Derek Specht. Hey, hello. And a little bit of a pause this evening, John Van Berger. Hey, guys. What's happening, guys? Not much. Same old, same old. Kind of hunkered down. I'm I'm learning. I'm learning to be a teacher. Well, my wife is the better professional teacher. She's she's uh, been doing most of the legwork with that, but uh, I've been doing some. Teaching your kids, you got to do the day home care thing or homeschooling thing. Yeah, never <laughs> now, thought I'd be doing now, that. Now this really is a crisis. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In how many years, kids that are not going to know anything because they went, <laughs> they got taught by their parents. Uh. So we'll we'll just start the show by by saying when we say John slow, we're not talking about him personally. Well, at least not, that too. not today anyway. Uh, right. we're doing we're still doing the the social distancing thing. Uh, we've got a new setup here. We've we've MacGyvered and jury rigged a few things so that we can get John and Derek on the phone uh, recording here. Um, I know I hear a little bit of a buzz, but I don't know if that's just through my headphones or, or not. I didn't sound like I heard it earlier. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a little bit of internet but uh, uh, um, lag uh, on on <laughs> John's side. We're blaming John. I think I think he yep. has, his internet stuff is being postponed at the border. At least one second. <laughs> That's right. There's a one second delay to check it out and make sure that I'm not saying anything like moistly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the word of the week: moist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so hey, I. I did want to ask something here because, you know, I wasn't on the show last week and I listened to the show and Derek had mentioned that he didn't shovel snow last year. Yeah, he's a fibber. And and see, here's the thing, though. I just want to bring up is that's because he had me do it when I was out there. Oh, yeah, you did oh. it once for me, didn't you? Huh? You shoveled the driveway for me when you yeah. you were you arrived before I did or something. Huh. That's because you told me I wouldn't be able to eat. 
<laughs> I don't think I said that. <laughs> right. I couldn't stay in your house if I didn't do it. So, yeah. Oh, he used the old shovel for food gambit. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Convenient, Derek. But, you know, you don't really have to shovel it because it's just going to melt eventually. Come summer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've been, no, no, my driveway's been filling up with snow since November, but don't worry. Come May, it'll all be gone. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Way to go, Derek. Way to go get your guests to shovel your driveway for you. Uh, so yes, John's had a little bit of a, an internet lag, but I think it's because so many people are using the internet now that it's, uh, just, yeah, it, it happens. It is. We'll, we'll get through. We're doing what we can yeah, do yeah. or at least we can hear you. That's a good yeah, thing. I know. I, eh? oh, last week was just nasty and we just threw up our arms in disgust and, uh, uh, what have we, oh, we, I went and bought a new piece of hardware to put in, um, and it, for some reason, it even the even the guy at the store that I got it from says this should work, and I said, "Well, it's not." And he tested it on a on what it's actually supposed to be used for, and it uh, it was working fine. But apparently, in what we want to use it for, and that's hooking a laptop and an, an iPad up to my Zoom F6 recorder. Uh, it just was not doing the job properly. So I ended up going back to the old way we did it, bought a second unit like that one. Um, so I have Derek on the laptop on Skype. Uh, no, we're on Zoom, aren't we, Derek? Yeah, we're on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, so we're Derek and I are Zooming through a little passive direct box into my recorder. And John, we're Messenger, Facebook Messenger. Uh, yes, we are. Yeah, we're Facebook messengering through a second passive direct box into my uh, F6 recorder. So I can get you guys both on two separate tracks. So if I don't like one of you, then I can just like leave you out of this week's show. Yeah. And then so that I can hear John directly, because I can't hear him when I'm talking to Sean, I'm on Skype with John in the other ear. So I've got uh, a head, two earphones in. I get uh, Sean in my left ear and John in my right ear. And John's got the same, right, John? Right, yeah. So, God only knows how this is going to work out tonight, but <laughs> give it a whirl. It's an experiment, yeah. but you know what? Like mm -hmm. I say, it's la a couple of weeks back when we all on one channel it was just nasty, and then last yeah. week it couldn't get it to work. So, hey, we're making progress, fellas. But Zoom <laughs> seems to be good, so maybe we could try that next time. Mm -hmm. All of us on the same channel. All together. Yeah. Well, like I say, that just becomes a an editing nightmare if two people aren't yeah. aren't right. That's the only problem. So but we're getting it through because we are bound and determined to make sure we stick to our weekly podcast schedule. At least and we haven't failed yet. No, not yet. Not yet. I don't think we've ever been late in the last four years. No. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's one day you didn't upload. Oh, that's upload failure. It, it upload failed. Yeah, yeah, we had mm -hmm. an upload. We had a software issue. There was issues, uh, mm -hmm. non us related. So we're good on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else? Oh, I've taken up day drinking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, so you can move to Wisconsin now. <laughs> now I can move to Wisconsin because, you know, it's yeah. Welcome. Um, well, let's see. I have some 
Tennessee Legend Cinnamon Whiskey, which is really good. Really good. Got that on our trip down to Tennessee. Uh, a little bit of Old Smoky Butter Pecan Moonshine. Uh, again, we got that mm-hmm. down in Nashville. And a couple of beers, too. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a party at my house. Large party one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Taking, not having to get up extra early to drive through rush hour traffic in the morning lets me stay up, up that extra little bit later at night sort of thing. So, you're not getting up as early in the morning and whatnot. So, your day, yeah. And then you don't have to drive home in the rush hour. So, you're actually home an hour early, know, right? so earlier. So dinner's yeah. like earlier with everybody home, then yeah. So somebody else can do dinner while I'm doing what I need to do. And then I just jump upstairs, have a beer with dinner. Oh, look at that. Might as well just continue. Uh, what do you guys got tonight? Anything? Well, I th- one thing, just along the commute lines there, right? one thing that's been pretty good the last uh, two, three weeks is uh, I'm not driving home in the middle of the night from your house after a session of recording. So that's pretty good. Yeah, for you. uh, Surprisingly, you'd think that the traffic would be light, but uh, in that corridor between your house and my house, there's there's pretty much uh, I'd say I'd say seventy five percent of the time, sixty percent of the time, there's always construction, so it always comes to a stop, comes to a halt, and I have to sit there in traffic. So I I haven't had that in uh, three weeks. Gotta like that, eh? And then all of a sudden, this is all going to end. You're going to be back here on a on on the. Weeknights, be it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're going to, oh, I did not miss this. But you know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at cheese balls. I know. You should eat those because those are going to go stale. I asked you if I could eat them, and you said no. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll save them because the last year cheese balls, I think there's like 30 of them left in that big container. Yeah. They've been there for, what, three months. Yeah. If I wasn't so, uh, if I wasn't so afraid and horrified to go to Costco, I'd get a new box of them. You know what? We're going tomorrow. Well, oh, yeah. Tra- sorry, Tracy's going tomorrow. Uh, I guess Costco has this new thing. If you're a first responder, um, you don't have to wait in lines at Costco. And right now, those lines are horrendous. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I should say, yeah, pick me up a couple of boxes of, of, of cheese balls. So you'll yes, have a nice absolutely. fresh one by the time you get here, Derek. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Derek? I am not drinking anything. I had a beer about two hours ago when we started this, but uh, I haven't put the headphones down, so uh, I can't reach my fridge from here. Well, you could have made a quick beeline. <laughs> when John's talking, well, qu- quietly. You take guys your- complained last time I went to the bathroom when we were on Skype. Yeah, but you took the headphones with you and the microphone <laughs> with you. That's why. <laughs> oh, that was painful. Oh, yeah. Derek, where? Oh, that you're in the painful. bathroom, Derek. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the microphone what, is Bluetooth. Was I it doesn't really turn off. Oh jeez, John, what are you drinking this evening? <laughs> Anything to change that subject, right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I uh, I'm actually drinking Jameson Cold Brew. And what do you think of this? It? Is Jameson Irish whiskey infused with natural cold brew coffee flavor? Oh, Limited and- edition. Yeah. And I would not buy it again. Really? Oh. Yeah, because what they did basically is um, they took, let's say, a bottle of Jameson, and uh, the, actually they took three quarters of a bottle of Jameson, added a quarter of cold brew coffee, and that's basically what this is. So you're, it's actually 
10% less alcohol per volume. Oh. Um, so in other words, they give you less whiskey, charge you more. Um, They've so, added mix to your whiskey. Right. Yeah, basically. Watered so, it down. Um, I make my own cold brew coffee. And uh, so in the future, I'll just you know use regular. I like the combination, um, but I'll use regular Jameson and, and uh, add my old cold brew. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a rip off. Well, it's you it's know. brilliant for them. Yeah, it is. Right. They use less product and they right. charge more money. Right. Because, you know, cold brew coffee, that's that's easy for them. Right. I mean, that's you know just getting from a supplier. That's cheap. Yeah. Huh. Wow. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I tell you. Brilliant for them. Yeah. <laughs> Mistake for me. <laughs> was it was it expensive or no? Yeah, it actually was. Uh, I, I can't recall the price offhand now, but um, yeah, yeah, it was expensive. Well, that sucks. <laughs> Those bastards. <Oy. laughs> um. So this week we decided uh, because we were having the technical sound audio issues that we were going to sit here and do a sort of round the campfire chat of our. Memories of different paddling trips, uh, day trips, just days on the water, parts of uh, trips and all that sort of thing. So we, I know I've got a, a list of a few here and John, you've got some, and John, you've actually got a nice surprise uh, audio clip we're going to hopefully put in later that'll, that one of your stories, yeah. which is cool. Hmm. And Derek, you got a few as well? I do. I have a few. Uh, I I, I kind of like all my trips, so I just picked a few that uh, stand out in my mind. Well, yeah, just and like I say, all it's, my favorite trips. Well, it's, it's not even a whole trip. It's like pieces or things that have happened on certain trips that just stick in your mind, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what tonight's going to be. It's sort of like, so if you picture people sitting around a campfire and go, oh, that reminds me of this trip. And then somebody, oh, that reminds me of this trip. And then, you know, you're sitting there and then, oh, hey, yeah, I did this trip and this is what happened. And. Everybody just sort of feeds off each other. We figured tonight would be a sort of a trip like that. And we'd just talk about different trips with the three of us had done. Um, I don't think any of mine actually, well, there was the one that uh, Derek and I were on. Cause, but uh, most of mine are just, um, what, da, 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 I think most of them are, oh no, there is another one here with Derek. So, but, uh, so who wants to go all first? All your favorite trips were with me. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm just I'm just remembering another one here. I'm gonna write this down. So, John, yes, why don't you start out the night with a trip or a episode or a something event that happened on one of your trips? That tell me a story, John. It's memorable, John. <laughs> well, let's see. There's two that were actually really cool. And who's uh, playing the crickets? <laughs> That's me. I'm adding sound effects. <laughs> so, I don't know if anybody else can hear it, but all of a sudden I'm hearing crickets. <laughs> it's spring peepers. Oh, is it spring peepers? Well, it is too. It isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, I've got a. Uh, I found this. Uh, it's what is it? Nine hours and fifteen minutes of uh, spring peepers. <laughs> well, let's just take a pause here and listen. For nine hours and 50. For nine hours, yeah. <laughs> it's great at night in the tent when it's uh, when it's like, you know, rain and stuff and you add the spring peepers in and 
I think it's fantastic. Because the real spring peepers just don't do it for me. I got to have no, the, well, the they, fake they, ones. They're quiet, right? So. <laughs> Take it away, John. <laughs> I don't know if I can now. <laughs> well, let's see. There, there's. Um, I guess let's let's. Um, if I think, like the the, I mean, you know, it's kind of like what Derek was saying too, right? There's so many good. All all the trips are good for different reasons, right? I think the one that stands out probably most to me is when I was kayaking with the Belugas up in uh, Churchill. Up in Churchill, Manitoba. Manitoba. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, we had talked about the tubes of fish meat, yep. as, uh, <laughs> as Derek referred to Belugas uh, in uh, an earlier episode. And uh, yeah, it was, it was actually really amazing. And the whole thing had started out, I saw a, I have a, a travel book for Canada and it was, it's just one of the, it's, you know, it's, it's almost like a picture book more than a, a real travel book. And, you know, you're just kind of looking through and it was like, Hey, wait a minute, belugas. Well, that'd be kind of fun to go up and paddle with belugas. And so we took the train up, got up there and you can uh, go out and, and you can swim with them. And I did that uh, where you go out and you, you basically, you hang off the edge of a Zodiac until you see them. And so, you know, that's, that's fun because you're looking down in the underwater at them and they come up underneath you. And the thing I know that Derek had said before that kind of freaked him out was that, you know, they, they can turn their heads. They can, yes, they have their a neck, neck for crying out loud. Yeah. And so what, what's cool about when you actually go out and see them is they'll come under you, they'll roll over and then they'll look back up at you <laughs> as they go by. Yeah. And it's just the coolest thing because you're like, wow, you know. So I thought, you know, I, I really want to go out and paddle with them, though. So went out and I had I had mentioned before in that episode that we were talking about before that I had a, a lanyard, a blue and yellow lanyard. And I had it wrapped around my wrist and I would, as the belugas would come underneath, I'd put it underwater and take pictures. And I'm getting some great photos of them. What was really cool about it was um, was the interaction, though, which really surprised me. So as I'm putting this under, there was one that was coming up and trying to grab the lanyard that was wrapped around my wrist. Right, <laughs> and trying uh, to pull you over. So, yeah, yeah, that would, and that's you know that was cold water up there, right? Mm -hmm. So, but what they would do is they come up and they bump the boat, and. Uh, we were, there was a pod. I'm not sure what the, the size of that pod was. And while I'm paddling there, Jan is over in another area uh, of this little area, and she's in a pod over there. And so we start going in kind of different directions with the pods. Well, eventually the the, the belugas get tired of me, I guess, and they, they took off. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to follow them for a bit. So I really started cranking, you know, really paddling hard, follow the belugas. And I got kind of about mid-pack or toward the front of the pack. And then I thought, you know what would be, I wonder if they'll, if they'll react at all if I use the, like this rudder, right? So I started like flapping the rudder and they started actually coming in tight. And so I thought, this is interesting. And I broke off. 
and I, I broke off to my left and they started following me. And I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Leader of the pack. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then in a little bit, then they broke off to the right. So then I followed them again and then I broke off to the left and we started doing this zigzag and they actually followed me from out near the middle of, of the river at this, at this area. And, and it really is more of a bay at this point, because this is before actually you're, you're in the river itself. Right. And they followed me basically all the way back to shore. Um, and I got in just to the point where you, you kind of go into this little area behind, I think there's a, a dock for the, the big grain ships that come in. Okay. And they followed me all the way up to that point before they broke off then. And wow. it was, it was amazing. And it was just that interaction, you know? Well, so I, with something wild like that, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's something you don't expect, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm out there and I'm, and I'm literally laughing like I'm giggling. I'm laughing like a little kid because they're, you know, they're coming up to the boat and, and, uh, and so there was, there were some people out on a beluga, like a boat trip, you know, the, the whale washing trips. Right. And there were people out there and they were, you know, and I'm sitting there again, I'm just laughing and they're getting this great show of this kayaker out there with all these belugas around them. Well, turns out that one of the guys on the boat was somebody that I was going to meet uh, the next day through couch surfing. <laughs> we had no idea. And we started talking and he's like, oh, you were out on the water. Yes. I said, yeah. He's like, when were you out? And I told him and he's like, are you the guy with all the belugas around him? I was like, yeah, he got pictures of me with the belugas. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, it was really cool. It was, uh, you know, a funny coincidence with that. And then we went out together and saw a polar bear the next day, which was the only one awesome. I've ever seen in the wild. And that was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was, that was when I think about like single best experience, that's probably it, you know? Um, I think it's like you said, a wild animal, and it's it's the the intelligence of them too, right? Yeah, I think is is very cool. And so we went out on one of the the whale watching boats as well, and they dropped uh, the underwater mics, the hydrophones. Yeah, and I recorded part of that, and so that's what I've sent to you, so you can include here. Okay. So if you are now listening to Beluga Whales, these are the Beluga Whales. And if you aren't listening to Beluga Whales, then it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) work. (laughs) We're going to go on the premise. It worked. So we'll pause. Wow, that was cool, John. 
<laughs> and I'm hoping it works. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, you know what? We listened to it, we listened to it um, off the podcast here, and that, that was pretty cool. Those were pretty cool sounds to, to, to be able to hear those, eh? And that many, that's the other thing that's amazing is, you know, when you're out there, there's, there's multiple pods and that thing picks up, uh, you know, I, I do kind of wonder how far away that thing is picking up because the number of voices you hear in there. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, audio cool. is known to transfer a long ways underwater, right? Just to the density yeah. of the water. Yeah. So you don't know how far away they are. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was pretty great though. It was a it was a cool experience. It makes me want to go back up there, um, you know. And someday, hopefully, I'll be able to do that because uh, it was it was yeah, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Yeah, it sounded Amazing. awesome, man. Like that was one of the things when I went up to uh, Moose and yeah, the Moose River a couple of years back. Uh, mm-hmm. We were kind of hoping to get up there and see the belugas out on the bay on uh, James Bay. But unfortunately yeah. things didn't work out and, and, uh, we never got that far, that quite that far out. Yeah. I mean, you had to take a big okay. boat at that point as well. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, later in the year sort of thing, but, uh, yeah, that would have been awesome to see the belugas cruising on by and even just to catch a sight of them going. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it was the, the thing that was so fascinating too about it was like, you know, you'd see them, you're just like, oh, okay, they're coming in, we're getting close. And then all of a sudden, and I mean, right in front of the boat, you have one come up and, and kind of go, you know, six feet from the from the bow of your boat. Yeah. It's like, that's <laughs> so cool. And then the next one comes up and I'm like, oh, this is great. So I pull up the camera to get a picture of it and it's got a little one with it. Oh, you know? wow. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. Right. It just, you know, just didn't care about us at all, right? And And so... It and the little one came up just off the bow of the boat. So and then is, John you know. dropped his camera into the bottom of the bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just good at it with expensive GoPros. Huh? <laughs> Not <laughs> the, the cheap, cheap cameras. cameras. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's cool, man. Hmm. Uh, Derek, you have any good wildlife uh, stories? I do. It's uh, it's one of those stories that I've been like. It's I think in the first half dozen episodes we had. Uh, I, I was going to tell the story, and I always said, "Well, if I ever tell the story, I want to be, you know, have some audio in the background of like uh, of peepers or of like a campfire crackling, so it sounds like we're actually around the campfire." Thus, the peeper audio that you hear. Oh, right now. the peeper audio. <laughs> So it's this is uh, this is a trip from many years ago when I lived on Vancouver Island. And it was uh, so I had uh, I was there with a paddle partner and we, were, we had uh, two dogs with us and uh, we were traveling up. It was on Vancouver Island traveling up and we we're gonna go see a set of waterfalls. It was like a three or four day trip, but uh, like the first like the the first night we. Uh, we camp we it's one of those things where when you don't know any better it's like hey there's a we're on sort of an island with a swamp between us i guess we're safe from bears and stuff right but uh so we we set up camp and we get the dogs all settled in we kept them on leashes didn't want the we had two beagles right and uh so i had them we had them tied by leash and stuff and and so the sun was setting and and uh i had heard i, I remember 
previous years hearing a similar sound in the woods and in the mountains when I did a lot of hiking, but never really knew what, what the thump, thump, thump was. I thought, oh, it sounds like a really slow partridge, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, so we uh, were there, and the, and what the, the dogs get kind of perked up, and, and they're really like, oh, oh, oh. and then, you know, uh, Baxter was like, uh, started howling, and I'm like, what, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I don't know what's in the woods, but I could hear off in the woods on the hill behind us, uh, thump, 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 and it's like, what is that? And it's like, and, and you could hear the huff, thump, thump, huff. And so it was like, ah, it sounds like a bear. And it sounds like the dogs pissed him off, right? Right. And so I, I was like, I grabbed Baxter's snout. And he's like, kind of, <laughs> like, kind of, I try and howl between my fingers, right? And it's like, you little bastard, you're going to get us eaten. But you could, the, you could, I could hear the bear getting excited. He was getting, he was huffing and puffing. And he was, he was slamming his feet, his front feet on the ground. I assume it was his front feet. And, it, but you could hear he was getting all, you know, he was getting activated by the dogs. He was getting kind of agitated. It was, it was just after dusk. It was just getting on dark and it's like, Oh man. So anyways, so that kind of, we calmed down. We got the dogs. I had to put the dogs in the tent and kept them shut up. And it was like beagles. It's really hard to control beagles sometimes because they, they have this little craziness about them. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So the next day we, we paddle on and we go down to the far end of the lake to, uh, to a trailhead and uh and so we, we were seeing all kinds of wildlife on this trip right and uh so we get down to the end and we uh, camp on this rocky point and it was uh it was, it was the weather was beautiful it was a really nice area set up the tent get the beagles all settled in and i'm like i'm wandering around saying hey well what is there to see around here and so i kind of i'm breaking around walking through the bushes and and uh, I walk out, <laughs> I just kind of break through the bushes and I see this neighboring campsite. It's like, oh, we got neighbors. Oh my God, what are the neighbors doing? <laughs> <laughs> so they were, uh, they were, uh, they were doing what animals do in the woods. And I <laughs> scuttled away in the bushes like, oh. <laughs> and so that was like, that was my second wildlife incident. It was like, holy cow, what's going on here? <laughs> so I got back and kind of told that story. It's like, oh, you, you want to go look? Want to go look? <laughs> but anyways, anyways, from there it was, uh, so the next morning we, we settled in, made supper and relaxed. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, should be uneventful now. We can find the trailhead and go for the hike that we meant to do. And, and so like the very next morning, like first light, I get out to I get out, leave the tent to go to, uh, you know, take a leak and stuff. And I, I just step into the bushes and uh, to uh, relieve myself and, and not 20 feet away, I see a black bear roll up on his hind feet, look at me across the uh, the berry bushes. And then it's like, I, I kind of freaked out a bit and he freaked out a bit and, and he just ran off, took off. And I, I kind of went back to the tent and it was a high spot on the rocks and I could see him hoofing it around the bay on desk to the west of us. And he just got to, not, not a very high pace, but he just kind of trotted, kept looking back at me and kept looking back at me. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> that's too... <laughs> It's like, so that's my third encounter. And it was like, it's like, oh, I can't get any, this is kind of a pretty good trip, but it's like, I'm kind of getting freaked out. There's awful lot of wildlife around here. So we, uh, we ended up breaking camp, 
making our way to the trailhead. So I think it was called Bridal Veil Falls. I don't know. There's like a dozen Bridal Veil Falls all over the world. Yeah. So anyways, this is one of them. Yeah. And uh, so we went there, stashed the canoe, did the hike up the trail. And and so that was uneventful. We saw some like some birds and stuff. It was like pretty much nothing. And then we uh, we came back, camped again, broke camp the next morning. And, and the water was just so rough. It was like just beaten into it so it was like a head-on wind so it was it wasn't too bad but uh the person i was with she was getting all freaked out and so it's like okay well you know what it's it, this is a little, little bit too rough we're starting to deck on water last thing we need is trying to salvage some dogs and packs and gear out of the lake and try and go ashore right so so we head ashore and we uh we pull in and we pull the, the canoe up and we say ah make lunch right so we sat there and relaxed made some soup and uh we're in a cleared area and and it's like uh hey this cleared area is really long cleared area this is a game trail oh just we'll just listen we'll just listen it should be fine and uh then baxter just starts it's like oh no now what we both looked turn and like 50 feet away was a bear coming down the game trail right at us and i think if baxter hadn't have howled the bear would have got a little bit too close for comfort but in the end the bear hoofed it up this uh, 60 80 foot uh, cliffside thing and then he was like looking down at us from like 60 80 feet up off the cliff's edge and it's like oh my god and he was stamping his feet he was bouncing and huffing at us and and then he just kind of trundled off into the woods and it's like okay we've had enough of this so we we were supposed to stay one more night and we uh once the wind broke at just shortly after afternoon just went back to the car and left it was like i think that was enough of a trip that was we we've uh we kind of capped out on that one it was do you think it was the same bear encounters right do you think it was three bear encounters it could have been all the same one bear i don't know but it was three different encounters. Because maybe he was doing the same thing. Oh my God, there's those people again. There's damn people again. <laughs> He's back at his den going, here I am in the woods trying to do my business. I look over and this guy pops his head up out of the raspberry bushes. <laughs> Scared the living you know what out of me. Off I run down the trail. Like, it's like, I, I've never really seen bears before or since, right? Like I've heard them in the bush. I've known that they're there. I've seen their marks. I've seen, you know, I've seen their 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 crap and stuff like that, but I've never really come face to face with a bear until like except for that one trip, and it was like three times, right? Yeah. <laughs> Although the first night I didn't see the bear, we could just hear him through the bushes because it was dark. Yeah. But That's which cool, was though. even scarier because you don't know where he is, or you can just hear him off the off in the bushes. Well, and you know it's they're like, not. Oh, it's not a rabbit or anything. No, it wasn't a rabbit. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> it wasn't a rabbit. Well, that was cool, man. It, yeah, it was it was yeah. quite the trip. It was uh, it that was, was on uh, Vancouver Island. You said yes on Vancouver Island, correct? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was. Well, at the time, it wasn't so awesome. It was kind of freaking <laughs> freaking everybody out. And I tell you, it's like it's the last thing you need with you when you come across a bear is a stupid beagle. It's like, <laughs> oh man, like it's so hard to keep a beagle to get the beagle to shut up and stop howling. Well, it's that's what they're impossible. ready to do. It's what they so anyways, do, that's that's one of my stories. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I've had a couple of good wildlife, well, not a couple, I've had a, a, num- a numerous wildlife encounters. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of them, 
Uh, I was on Bice Lake up in Algonquin Park. And Bice Lake was pretty clear, nice and blue. And we were out fishing for the day. And, of course, you always see the loons zipping around, right? And then you're trying to get close. And then all of a sudden they dock under and you don't know where they are. And my biggest fear has always been catching a loon on my hook. You know, oh, yeah. thinking it's a fisher that, yeah. or something yep. like that, right? And I've never done, I've caught a seagull, but not a loon. <clears throat> and so we're sitting there one day and uh, we're looking around, where, where'd he go, where'd he go, where'd he go? And then right under the boat, this this <laughs> loon just comes zoop right under. And we're all freaking out because if you've never seen a loon underwater swimming, it was pretty, like, it looks like he was flying underwater. His wings were out and everything, right? Oh, yeah. And we're like, oh, man, if only we had our camera out. We could have got a great picture. Man. And then could, right through and you again. you could see it that well from up top. Yeah. Wow. And then, yeah, we grabbed our cameras the third time because we're just waiting. Yeah, well, there was no third time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. They, and they knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Has he got the camera yet? Okay, stop. Yeah. Well, yeah we're he, done. He got the camera out my last pass. So, all right, I'm heading to shore, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's that's yeah. pretty cool if you've never if you've never been able to look down and seen a loon uh swimming that's pretty cool i was uh, up in uh new hampshire and out on uh chikura lake or chikura is as it's pronounced up there and uh on this it's a beautiful lake it sits down beneath the this gorgeous mountain and if you go down to the south far southwest corner of the lake there's a small dam there and just this little pretty little bay and we hit it right at like late afternoon and so it was just one of those things where the sun was just angled perfectly coming down right and there were some loons out there and my friend and i were just kind of we were just kind of relaxing you know and just kind of like floating around a bit just chatting and the loons came really close and i'm like Oh, that's cool. So I, I grabbed the camera and I had a, a camera with an underwater case at the time. And as it came over, I'm like, it's got to be like right under the boat. So I put it down and I, I just started snapping off shots, you know? Yep. I couldn't see it like the way you described yours, but I knew it had to be down there. And I actually ended up getting lucky and seeing this, this loon at, at, I got two pictures of them, like you said, flying underwater. Mm-hmm. You know, not great pictures by any means, but just that thing of you know a great memory shot. You know? Yeah, but at least you got to see what what it looks like underwater, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, how often does that happen? Right, twice yeah, for me. me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Within a matter of seconds. <laughs> yeah, um, it's. It's pretty special. Yeah. My other big thing is I've, I've been really lucky when it comes to moose. I've seen uh-huh. so many moose. It, it, it's unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. If anybody knows Lake Opiongo, it's, it's the, the one of the big massive lakes in Algonquin Park. Up on the northwest side is a place called Hailstorm Creek, which is rumored to have the highest concentration of moose in North America. Um, in that area in June, mm-hmm. I guess that's when they all sort of congregate or something like that. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I'm good with that. So a buddy of mine, we decided, you know what, we're going to go up, we're going to, we're going to paddle up. It's a, it was, it took like four hours to paddle up to the, to the top end. 
we're going to get a campsite. We'll spend the weekend. We'll do a day trip into uh, Hailstorm Creek is where, where the big uh, gathering happens of moose. Meese? Moose? Meese? Uh, the plural of moose is moose moose and yeah so we'll, we'll zip over there in the morning we'll go check out maybe we'll be lucky to see a couple of moose and never being there before oh look there's you pull into this into the the the, the mouth of this turned into but maybe a bay we didn't realize that though because you got to go down a little bit well there's the creek going to our left so that must be hailstorm creek so we zip down there, comes to a dead end, and as we're coming back, uh, Mama Moose and two twin calves come walking out and block our way. So as they decide <laughs> they're going to start slowly eating the vegetation going back towards we came in, we were there for probably an hour and a half, just slowly falling, waiting for them to get to the mouth of this thing so we can zip <laughs> out and, and around. But that was really cool to see that. But it, had we continued yeah. straight where the actual bay, go, turn, it turns into a big bay. Uh, I had this big unwieldy mm -hmm. video camera at the time. And we sat close to the middle of this bay and counted 34 moose around this bay. What? Wow. 34 moose. Really? That's moose. crazy. And like, we're just, yeah, one, two, three, four, wow. five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, just counting, not, and, and we're just like stunned. That's insane, absolutely yeah. stunned. So if you're ever you hadn't done like two or three three sixties, right? These were all, indiv <laughs> these were all individual. <laughs> oh, now that you mention it. <laughs> it, we stopped at thirty four because it just kept going on and on, round and and a lot of them looked the you started same. Started getting dizzy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it was uh, just all together. All this, this one, we had a couple swim across, uh, one not too far wow. in front. He was probably about 10 feet in front of us, swam across. Um, and then just, yeah, just, just gone. But yeah, that was really, really cool. Uh, I, like I say, I've been really lucky when it comes to moose and seeing them in, in the parks and stuff like that. But that is by far. That's, that's great. Yeah. And unfortunately... Um, it's on one of the old massive, uh, video cassettes. Uh, oh, okay. remember, remember the big massive ones that were about two feet long, the video camcorders when they first came out <laughs> and they had right. those big tapes in the side, not a full VHS size, but it's on what I've got, I've got it on one of those still. And I've, I've never thrown it out. So one day I've got to get that, uh -huh. um, Put on yeah, you over, should yeah. before that degrades, you yeah. know, just to see yeah. if you can save it. Yeah, and see that and just to, <laughs> uh, to, to watch that again would be really cool. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, Two of my more memorable moose encounters, one is the, one of them is, uh, it was uh, me and Siobhan were, uh, we're doing a trip, we're heading, I can't remember the lake we were on, was it Misty or something? And it was, we had to come through a marsh and it was like a long, windy trip through the marsh to get to the portage. And so it was getting late in the day and, and we're coming in and there's a, and we start winding through the path and it's like, oh, look at that, there's a moose and a baby moose. And so it's, uh, we're looking at them and so that's pretty cool. So, okay, well, let's move on. So we start to paddle and, and the, you can't really tell where some of these trails go, right? 
And so as we winding along, the, the trail keeps getting us closer and closer to the moose. And you're like, oh, wait a sec. <laughs> She's standing right at the portage, about 20 feet from the portage. We can't do the portage. We can't get, so we <laughs> can't get to sat it. sat there and it's like, it's, it, we were thinking, okay, maybe she should get uncomfortable with us being close. She should just wander off. We might, I don't know how long we waited, a good 45 minutes, an hour, until finally she just, her and the calf were browsing and, and, you know, eating some roots and stuff like that. Finally, they moved far enough away. It's like, okay, when we hit shore, because there, she was still a little too close. So mm-hmm. when we hit shore, just you grab the packs I'll grab a pack in a canoe and we just hoof it. We just go. And uh, so we did that, but she, the moose didn't seem, didn't really care, but we were concerned because she had a baby with her. But so we, we hit the portage and got far up the hill on the portage and looked back and the mama moose still had her back to us. It's like, she doesn't care. And here we are, crapped our <laughs> pants thinking we're going to get trampled. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> well, I've but become... we, were, we were lucky. She didn't really care that we were there. I guess she's used to humans, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've come across a couple of moose on portages. I've come across um, steaming bear poo on a, on a portage, so oh, I knew he was around. Nice and fresh, right? <laughs> and I think the best portage wildlife was uh, when I came across the wolf face to face with the wolf at the stream. Um, oh, coming into Manitou or not Manitou, okay. uh, McCraney. Um, I had my my canoe on my my head and my shoulders and my pack on my back, which was where my camera was at the time. <laughs> and I had, I was going to this, this, this stream comes out of an old beaver pond, goes down over a little waterfall. So I was going to go do some, uh, some video of it and I could hear the stream. So I just lifted the front of my canoe up so I could take a peek to, you know, cause you had to take, mm-hmm. walk the, the rocks to get across. And yeah. about 30 feet in front of me was this black wolf taking a drink at the stream. And wow. we just eyed each other. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? If I move, he's gone. There's no way I'm getting my camera out mm-hmm. of my pack. So we just eyed each other. Well, then yeah. the buddies that were coming with us, uh, I could hear them coming down the trail. And I'm thinking, oh, he's gone anyway. So I'll see if I can do it. So as I start to move my my canoe off, uh, yeah, he just hightailed it. But they came around just in time. They could see his... Uh, back end his tail was up and he was running jumping through the the, the beaver meadow there so wow. yeah that was portages are some pretty good wildlife viewing spots that's for sure well it they act yeah. as a natural uh, game trail right yeah so it's it's a beaten trail it's the, it's a perfect way for animals to get from one lake to another so they like moose use them all the time like a you know it's a if, if you ever want to collect moose crap then you just find a portage somewhere and <laughs> yeah you can get a, a moose and deer right? everywhere so if, if you're one of those people that like to make artwork out of moose poo all right <laughs> <laughs> well let's take a quick break here and we come back a uh, couple more things we'll get into some uh, uh some actual canoe tripping part uh, stories maybe we'll be right back hey this is sean Rowley, and you're listening to paddling adventures radio To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. 
Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So apparently taking a quick little break here, John's pause got a little bit longer by a second. Um, I think maybe he's just getting tired, so I don't know. He's tired. He's slower. <laughs> he's tired. Now, come on, remember, I'm drinking coffee and uh, Jameson's here, you know, so. <laughs> yes. So he's Anything wide awake and hammered. Up. <laughs> so the coffee and the Jamesons are fighting each other. <laughs> That's right. It's slow down, speed up, slow down, speed up. <laughs> <laughs> he's running up and down the stairs as we speak. Uh, let's see, what else we got on this list here? More stories. We're going to do some more stories. Story time. Story time. Um, next on my list, Woodland Caribou was my first, uh, canoe flight. Uh, we fly in trip. Yeah. It was a nice. fly in trip. My, it was my first fly in trip. And I mean, I've, I grew up in the military as a, an air force brat. So always around planes, but I've never been in a bush plane. Uh, my dad used to fly <laughs> them when we were up in Moosonee, but I was never actually in one. So to actually be in an old beaver and uh, have the canoe strapped to the side, zip off a lake, fly over all this pristine country with all the lakes and all the trees and everything, and then land on a lake, get out in the middle of a lake, you're getting out of this plane, jumping into your canoe, they're passing all the gear into your canoe, and then you paddle off as the plane goes. That was like really cool. And then at the end mm -hmm. of our three week trip, having them, you know, they're, they're telling you, you've got to meet here, be at this lake, this spot. And then they pick you up and you just do the whole thing back. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been on a, a fly in trip before, but awesome. I really, that was one of my highlights of my, my, my canoeing. Cool. The flying trips, like, a, I think John, you've done a few of them, haven't you? I've done, um, actually, these Ontario fly-ins with my dad uh, to go up fishing. Those weren't uh, canoeing or kayaking. That was, uh, you know, I was growing up. Um, so, you know, those were biplanes. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I think I think those were actually the last ones that I've done, to be honest. Really? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I've done, uh, I did a, what was it? I went in through Scarecrow Lake, Ispertina Ridge. Ispertina Ridge is the highest ridge in Ontario. We did a, uh, a it was a fly-in. To save on the logistics, we just spent a little bit more money instead of trying to have a car at the top, a car at the bottom, have to drive back up to get the car at the top of the Sturgeon River. So we thought, hey, it's, uh, it was uh, 1800 bucks per flight. To, there was two canoes, so two flights. You can only have one canoe on, on a, one of those old beavers. And so we, uh, two guys flew in, and then the guys, this guy flew back, got the other group. It was kind of cool. It was, uh, it flew in through this little valley into Scarecrow Lake, and we, it was the uh, first time I've been in a, uh, in one of those old planes. And uh, it was, uh, I managed to hike up Ispertina Ridge, and then we spent the next uh, six or seven days going down the Sturgeon River. We went in through, uh, we cut in through the Solace Wildlands. 
and uh, then back out through and hit the Sturgeon River again. And it was it was quite the trip, but it was uh, it was very unique to uh, to be able to fly in to go to your destination. And so the the guy that I paddled with, he'd already been on a couple flights, so I got to sit in the uh, front seat. And it was uh, it was quite a unique experience. It was. Uh, the, the, the pilot was a really cool guy. We chatted the whole way, and I got lots of video and pictures. It was it was pretty wild. It was a nice trip. Yeah, there's something about getting uh, in, a, in one of those old bush planes and, you know, heading off into the wilderness sort of thing is, is, is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing on that trip that was, was new to me, uh, like I said, we did a three-week trip through uh, Woodland Caribou Provincial Park. Um, forest fires. Uh, not uh-huh. the actual forest fire, but John we came to that. But yeah. I think you when in the Carib- uh, caribou, it was uh, quite bad, wasn't it? Well, it, we went through an area that had been burned uh, the year or two years previous. So there was stuff starting to come back up at that point, but everything was, was like the logs were down, the portages, uh, portage trails were, were blocked and stuff. So you're, you're clambering over logs and down trees and through stuff, and it's just black everywhere. But just to see the devastation a forest does on a fo- uh, on or a, a fire does on a forest was absolutely astounding. Uh, like there was nothing left. Um, I would have yeah. I would have hate to have been there during the fire itself. Didn't it affect your canoe route when you were in Woodland Caribou? No, that the part that affected that trip was the. Um, actual the winter beforehand there was uh, excessive snow loads in a couple of areas and winds and it had broken the trees and just totally blocked oh, everything a lot of blowdowns and stuff yeah blocking route. yeah so we had to totally change the beginning of our route so yeah, yeah we just changed the beginning couple days of our route and then ended up right back on our our planned uh, are, planned route are you are you saying that it would the took out like all the portages or are you saying like it yeah. was so bad that it like what was impassable the water or the land oh the land the land okay yeah yeah we it would it would have taken days to get through the where all the blowdowns were from the winter huh. mm. yeah but the uh, the fire area the burn area was uh definitely something like i say just to see the devastation that was left like a, a couple years after the fact was still there. Uh, like there, there was a couple of spots. Like I say, we, we ended up having a cut. Uh, we got our bow saws out and we're, we're cutting some of the, the old dead burnt trees just to get a path through because there was no way we were getting through without, um, with it, with our gear. So we ended up doing that, but there was other parts where, you know, you just do a sit on, sit on the burnt log put your feet over top of it and then continue back on down but your canoe your gear your clothes everything were totally black at the end of the day because of yeah, all the burn I, can right? imagine. I remember jim baird relating a story to us once he was uh i think he was in in northern quebec or something and he had gone through a uh a burnout and uh he was uh he just come through and it just he, everything was black he said there was just there you couldn't even get away from it he you weren't even you you weren't even aware of the fact that you're touching so much black stuff, but you just, by the end of the day, it was just burnt black. Yeah. Now, John, so you went John, through a you, fire? Uh, didn't you actually have a, you paddled into an active forest fire, didn't you? Yeah, that was uh, up in, uh, up in the Yukon that 2013. That's the, 
the fire that kind of started the whole outdoor kind thing that we did because we wanted to support the first responders and you know after we saw what they were doing up there yeah that was that was you know it was pretty intense and and you uh, you know breathing was hard and and uh it, it, it there's a there's a silence to it you when the trees candle up it's it's loud because it just it's almost like a jet engine oh, really and, yeah um the when we paddled into it the the fire was burning down the mountain but it would it would shoot um basically like uh embers up they would they would get blown like down toward the river farther so as it's burning down it's it's kind of heating that up and and priming that that wood in below and then one of the embers from a tree that candle up above would fall down there and so it would fall down near uh, right down near the riverbank where you're paddling by and a tree would go up and it was just this it sounded like a jet engine it was just this and straight up wow and yeah it was that was pretty crazy that was uh it was fascinating to see and um but yeah it, you know to breathe um you you know, you're putting um putting bandanas on um to try and breathe and uh you know it's even even with that you know at one point that trip journal from that where i was writing down lines of the day the, the guy i paddled with up there his name was mark johnson he's from new hampshire he's a really funny guy and we got into one area and you know sometimes when you get some light rains uh in the woods up there you just get these really intense aromas and and i was like what is that smell he was like I don't know. I've been picking soot boogers out of my nose for the last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But that's true, right? Because yeah. you, you know, you, and, uh, you know, so yeah, it was, it was an intense experience. The, as we're talking, I have pictures from that trip up on my computer right now. Uh, you know, one of the, the byproducts of that is you get these amazing sunsets. Mm -hmm. And so on, one of my days up there, which is maybe the, you know, one of the most memorable days I've ever had paddling, you, we got to our campsite late at night, somewhere around 11 o'clock or so. And of course it's, you know, it's up there. So it's still daylight at that point. It's uh, still July, I think in the Yukon. And, uh, but you get these stunning sunsets. And so you got these golds and oranges that you just normally don't get. And so for photos, you know, that was another, uh, another great thing, but, yeah, it was an intense experience. Yeah, I like I say, I went through the aftermath. I would not yeah. want to be there during. No, not during an active fire. No, no, yeah. not at all. And I think I think for you know we were lucky too because if it had gotten any closer, search and rescue would have pulled us off the river. Yeah, but yeah, go, going through that if you're in an area where there's not search and rescue and you know seeing that is it's. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things uh, people are always talking about this way is is the lightning that starts the fires and stuff. Now, let's talk mm -hmm. lightning for a second here. How is that for a segue, boys? Uh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you are professional. Oh, I'm a pro something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of the things that, that they when we get the fires here around in Algonquin and stuff like that. They're always talking about, oh, yeah, it was a lightning strike or... Or even farther, Ontario, you know, the lightning strikes are happening from the weather. Um, 
I have almost been hit by lightning on canoe trips three times. Uh, hmm. I don't know if Mother Nature's just messing with me or <laughs> what the deal is, but uh, the first time my brother and I and a couple of his buddies were on a canoe trip and we saw the storm just come and all of a sudden it just, boom, it was raised. So we made a beeline across the lake to a, a camp campsite and we were waiting for our turn to get in because it was narrow site, one canoe only sort of thing. And mm-hmm. probably about a hundred feet behind us was a, a deadhead sticking out of the water. Lightning hit it. Uh, I don't have much hair on my head, but the, <laughs> the hair I did have, it was all standing up straight. Uh, another trip, remarkably with my brother, um, maybe that's the common denominator. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's your sibling. <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we were on a trip up the Little Crow Lake. Uh, we're going up in, uh, through Algonquin. We did a, we took my son Mackenzie. He was, I think, eight at the time. Uh, one of his buddies and his son came along and we were getting some really nice photos because there were, the, the, the storm was coming over the hills. The lightning was flashing and everything. And eventually the, the rain started. And the way my tarp was, uh, or the, the fly over my tent at the time, I could see still across the lake. So I could set up my camera on my knee and was time, trying to time lightning photos. Got a couple decent mm-hmm. ones. Lightning hit the tree um 15 feet from us holy cow really scared me and i triggered it my brother starts swearing and he's in a tent like 30 feet from us and i'm like what are you swearing about (laughs) almost hit us (laughs) but all you see you can see in the photo there's this the 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 outline the sharp outline of the tree and pure white all around it and the third time, uh, my buddy Kevin, our, our web guy and I, we were up on Cedar Lake uh, on the south shore. And we were out fishing for the day and we noticed the, the lightning and thunder were coming. So we made a beeline back to the, the site. And when we got to the site, all the rain started coming and lightning hit the tree next to our tent. And the top of the tree came straight down through our tent. Uh, wow. we, we weren't in it at the time. Well, we pulled the top off, but yeah, it was, it was massive hole. So we ended up throwing a tarp over that and, and whatnot. And we found out the next day there was, uh, seven lightning storms or uh, uh, cells all were merging on that area at the same time. Oh, wow. Lucky uh, you. Hey. Lucky you. Yeah. Uh, Jake Pigeon said he had never seen anything like that in all his mm. years up there. Huh. Uh, but yeah, there was, there's all these lightning cell, uh, thunder cells all converged at the same time. Um, so yeah, I mean, you get some really cool weather and some really scary weather. Uh, we went mm-hmm. to Barron Canyon and now when I lived out in the prairies, um, it was cool watching the thunder lightning storms come across the prairies. But when we were in Barron Canyon, all of a sudden a big rainstorm was coming. And you could actually see the wall of rain moving down the canyon. So we all yeah. get to the side and you're watching this wall of water come right at you. And then all of a sudden it seems to pick up speed and it's right over top of you. And all of a sudden you're getting absolutely <laughs> hammered with rain. 
<laughs> absolutely cool. I don't yeah. know if you guys have had any real cool uh, weather stories there or not. I had one where it was, uh, it was just last summer. It was, <clears throat> it was the trip where we had met up with uh, you and Mackenzie. Oh, up and, on uh, uh, Bice, North so, Bice. Yeah, on Bice. So we had gone into uh, uh, Little Trout and in further. And so on the way back out, we're coming back to Bice. We, uh, we, it was beautiful morning like the sun was shining and it was fantastic right and so we uh, we were paddling down the lake we got packed up we're heading out and we were probably i don't know 20 feet from shore and it's like oh it's getting dark so and you could see just a couple little droplets in the water and so we got got ashore got the two kids out and uh by the time from the time that just one or two drops were in the water we're about 20 feet from shore we pulled onto shore, got everybody out, and by that time it was hammering down. And it was um, we we just left everything where it was, and I pulled the tarp out of the uh, one of the backpacks and uh, a chunk of rope, and I, we just gathered everybody off the side of the portage and uh, quickly set up the sort of loosely set up the tarp for what we could do, but. Even in the short few moments, like the, the, the Siobhan and the kids were just sort of huddled under the tarp and I'm trying to figure out how to get the ends up high enough so that we're not, uh, you know, in, enveloped in the tarp. But it was, we were soaked. All of us were just soaking wet. And mm-hmm. going down the middle of the portage, there's like an inch or two of water just whooshing down the middle of the portage. It's like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> like, it was just so quick. It was uh, from the time that we hit shore till I sort of had the tarp up was uh, 10 minutes. Wow. And it was just, I, I, it was just blew my mind how much rain just suddenly fell out of the sky. And there was no warning. It was like, but we, it was sunny until we got about 50 feet from shore. And then it's like, oh, look at that. I think there's a storm coming. Oh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was insane. And we we're just soaking wet. Wow. Soaking wet. What about you, John? And, uh, I was, uh, we had that, that derecho, and I, we talked about that in a previous episode up on, uh, where we up in uh, Killarney. Right. We're paddling up there. But I think 2016, it did uh, the Teslin River and and a part of the Yukon. And uh, I took a friend up who didn't have a lot of kayaking experience. And we, uh, oh, this you know this would be great. He's done a lot of backcountry and everything, so you know shouldn't shouldn't be a problem. And got out. The first day was sunny and it was beautiful, and it was actually almost too hot. You know, and you're just like, wow, that's you know kind of. A, Kind of a surprise, but it been gorgeous, you know. So we're nice day paddling, and we make uh, camp that night on a on a rock bar at the head of an island. And and I had a, a Delorme inReach on that trip, and so I hit the little weather thing, and the, and the weather forecast said ten percent chance of rain. <laughs> okay. I said, oh, that's not bad, ten percent. Honestly, the next seven days poured more on us in seven days than I think you know, I've ever experienced in, in, in a short period of time like that. Ever. Wow. Never trust a weatherman. <laughs> yeah. Every, every day it rained that hard. Wow. I mean, just poured rain. At one point it stopped. And so we're paddling along, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, at least we got a reprieve. And then that wall of water thing you mentioned. Yep. Yeah. 
it actually came from behind us. So we didn't see it coming in. But as you're paddling, you hear it. Like you hear the, the, the rain is pouring so hard and it's coming across. It's like this wall of water and you can actually hear it. And I turned around and I looked back. I'm like, oh, shit. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so I had, I had purchased uh, a, a rain jack that was large enough I could put it over uh, my PFD. So that way, you know, you're not trying to, you get take off the PFD, put on the rain jacket, put the, you know, that right. kind of thing, right? Put the PFD back on. And I'm just struggling to get this thing back on, right? And uh, yeah, it just moved straight across. Uh, it rained and, and lightning. And when it, you know, I'm used to storms down here that blow across the, you know, blow across <laughs> the, the Midwest and, and they come in fast, they hit hard and they go out fast. Right. And up there... When it blows up on the Yukon like that, it just stays above that Yukon River oh, Valley. Yeah. Hmm. And so we're just, we keep looking at it. And it's like, why does it always seem like we're paddling into the storm? You know? <laughs> and it just, yeah. And, and seven, I think it was the next seven days were just, just rain like that, just crazy rain, lightning. And you're counting the, you know, you're counting the, the time between the flash you know, or between the, you know, the, the flash and the sound. Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't remember what that's supposed to be, but it's getting closer. It's getting tighter. You know, <laughs> I sent back a, sent back a message on the Delorme uh, to Jan back in, in Wisconsin. I'm like, Can you look that up online for me because <laughs> I don't think this is going the right direction. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the less time but, between the closer it's getting. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, there were a couple of times where, you know, you're paddling along, lightning's getting closer. Um, it's a, an amazing light show. And so, I'm, of course, I'm doing what you're doing, right, where you're talking about trying to time it to get photos. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then a couple of times it really hit. And, and the high winds. And and uh, I don't think on that trip we actually stopped paddling because of that, though. I, I think we thought we were clear enough and uh, then we'd, we'd, you know, if I were to do it again, I might pull. I might pull off. There was one point where I was getting kind of nervous about it, but you know, yeah, you get close lightning, you should be off the water without a doubt. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's a, the one time that we were um, we were all in the process of getting out off the water, and uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, got we got caught there. Yeah. Um, but when you're talking about winds. Uh, we ended up going up the Moose River there two years ago when it was uh, hurricane uh, strength winds, uh, class one or whatever. It, it was like one kilometer, one mile per hour below hurricane winds. Oh, yeah? And, wow. and yeah, I mean, I lost a, a massive uh, Kelty tarp, got just shredded. Uh, it took uh, one of my 75-pound packs straight across the, uh, the, the, the campsite and it was brutal. Uh, and then last year was, was summer of the winds. Uh, I know one mm. of our episodes, we talked about my trip with Tracy and surprise, we're still married. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And in my defense, <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> if you're paddling and someone waves, you wave back. And if you're paddling and you're close enough and you catch the rye, you wave and they'll wave back. 
<laughs> I don't have to inform the person in the in the bow seat that I'm waving. <laughs> Even when <laughs> when we're in three foot swells, I don't need to inform you. <laughs> and that, Your Honor, is how the fight started. <laughs> I, and I just want to clarify something by you bringing this up again. You think you're helping your case. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I don't think that's the way this works, Sean. <laughs> I, I just still find it humorous to this day. <laughs> yeah, last year was um, just uh, a summer of winds, and it was, like, brutal. I'm just hoping this year is a lot calmer. Remember I was camped up uh, not far from here. Actually, the place where I saw the Mennonites in the speedboat. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was at it was at that place, and I was in uh, actually the same campsite that my friend and I were staying in. There's there's one campsite I like up there a lot, and uh, camped and and it's early June, and you know oh we're supposed to get some kind of rough weather, and I, eh, you know well, it doesn't matter. I'm 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 here. I'm comfortable, and get in the tent, and you know. Pretty soon starts raining. Okay, no problem. Lightning and thunder show starts. I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of pretty, you know. And uh, it's lighting up the tent really nicely. And and then it really starts raining. (laughs) And the thunder and lightning pick up. And then it starts to hail. And it's like, you know, this this may not be the best place to be right now. (laughs) So I send out these these uh, this series of tweets or not tweets, uh, uh, text back to, to Jan. And uh, not a single one of them made it out, which is probably oh, yeah. a good thing because it was like, okay, I'm starting to get a little worried now. <laughs> oh, that one was close. <laughs> okay, things are falling in the wood. Oh, yep, yeah, hail is really hitting, you know. <laughs> so that whole series of, of uh, text was gone, uh, which, you know, which was probably good. It, um, <laughs> they never made that, it through? Yeah, none of them made it through. But <laughs> up the next morning, trees down all over the campground. Uh, and what was, you know, fascinating, I don't know if you ever had this experience before or not, but, you know, particularly in early season like that, from the hail, there were holes in all the leaves. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the trees, you yeah. know, and so, you know, which is it's just an odd, cool thing to see. But, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was that was one of those nights where you're like, you know, know, I've had better ideas. (laughs) (laughs) But see, weather like that has always fascinated. I enjoy extreme weather like that. Uh, We went uh, on a... Me too, generally. (laughs) Yeah, on a a non-canoe trip thing, trip, we were down in Mexico. Uh, That was the first time any of us, I mean, my buddies had ever been down that way. And when you got off the plane and onto the bus, because this was college... Uh, they're handing you a beer as you get on, uh, that sort of thing. So by the time we got from the airport to the hotel to our rooms and down to the all the the, I guess it would be the Gulf. Um, we were pretty pretty toasty. Happy? Uh, yeah, we were quite happy. There was a hurricane coming in. <laughs> so while they're boarding up the windows, we're out there in the women having a blast um not giving a care in the world because oh yeah look at that man look at just just enjoying that and like i say even with the the thunder and lightning storms on my canoe trips and when i lived in the prairies just watching all that is just i just love that kind of weather 
you know, uh, yeah, you gotta <laughs> don't hang out drunk in the middle of an ocean when it's coming no, in, no, no. you know, <laughs> but you know what, if, if you got the chance to sit and watch some of that, stuff, I'll watch that kind of weather all day long. I love it. But, uh, let's talk fishing. Do you guys know, have you ever heard the Aurora trout? I have, and I think we talked about this on a couple of the previous episodes where I talked about Aurora trout and talked about uh, in the Rockies, there's a mountain, high mountain lake that has a, that has a California golden trout. It's yeah. just some of these unique, unique species. And uh, I know that uh, uh, John Bablock, he, uh, he's, he wants to get me out to catch some of these Aurora trout sometime. He knows of a few locations where they're tucked away, where he knows where to get them. They open three lakes a year in Ontario. And they're different yeah. lakes every year. And those are the only lakes that you're allowed to fish for Aurora trout in every year. So my brother and I did a 18-day canoe trip um, to these three various lakes. So you, we'd canoe around the one lake one year or for a few days. Then we'd drive to another spot in the province and um, hunt down one of these other, other lakes and sort of stuff. Aurora trout, when you hold one upside down it looks like a most gorgeous sunset just the colors of the orange and the reds on its belly yeah uh absolutely beautiful looking trout we spent 18 days canoeing lake to lake to lake fishing non-stop and you know how many fish we actually caught zero Zip zero nada. <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> Didn't catch a single one. So when we, when we were on our way back, uh, I think it's Englehart has a fish um, uh, hatchery. Hatchery. So we decided, you know what? Let's just swing on in and see if anybody's there and, and chat with them. Yeah. And we get there and there's a guy there that's going to help you. They were milking um, uh, lake trout at the time. Which is cool because they they get the eggs from the female and the sperm from the male and mix them in and put them in the tank so that the minnows hatch and they can yeah. put them out. And in it's the lakes, all whatever. it's all the, the, it's all live fish too. They're yeah. not culling the fish. They're actually yeah. It's all it's all live. So we yeah. stopped in there and, and we're chatting with the guy and he goes, number one, you should have stopped here at the beginning of your trip. I would have told you you've been wasting your time to hit those lakes <laughs> because people go in in skidoos in the winter and fish them out. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Wasn't impressed with that one. It's like, dude, that <laughs> you, you should have just kept that tidbit to yourself because now I'm just a bit ticked off. But he says, <laughs> if you follow me, he took us over to the, the one side because they got these big only way I can describe them is ditches. Uh, and they're all covered, right? Like it's in this big building thing. And in these ditches, they have trout. He gets the big net. He scoops in one of these dishes, ditches and pulls out a couple of Aurora trout. Oh, wow. So even though we didn't catch one, we actually did get to see one. Most nice. beautiful fish you've ever seen. I'll tell you that right now. But I, I've had a few fishing trips that have gone good. I've had some fishing trips that have gone bad. But you know what? Like, as f- even though we didn't catch anything, my brother and I had a blast. 
Uh, it was great being out with him for, for 18 days and tripping and canoeing and, and all that sort of stuff. The one, probably the funniest thing though, that happened on that trip, uh, at the time, uh, we were printing, um, my company that I worked for, we, we were printing all the signage for Tim Horton stores in, a, in a Canada. So I knew where the, all the Tim Hortons were uh, in Ontario. <laughs> and we were coming back. We were going to stop at one campground, and it was packed. So we decided, you know what, we're, we're only a few extra hours away from Ottawa. Let's just drive there. So we're coming across, around, and I said, well, let's stop at Timmy's up here. He says, well, there isn't one here. I go, yeah, there is. He says, no, there isn't. We got in this argument at about two o'clock in the morning. And if I'm like, dude, <laughs> I know where every Tim, there's a Tim Hortons here. And we were, oh, I was ready to kick him out of the truck. So we're cruising down the highway. We were both fuming mad. Drive right by the Timmy's. And he goes, are you not stopping for a Timmy's? Oh, there's no Timmy's here. You said it doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> he just looks at me. We just started killing ourselves laughing, right? They're like, well, there's no Timmy's here. <laughs> As we drive on by it. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. <laughs> like, oh, how do you how do you get over that that anger? You know, just the two of you just just fuming. We were so <laughs> beyond tired at that point. You know. <laughs> What? That's awesome. What Tim Hortons are you talking about? There's not one here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, getting out with with uh, you know people that you really enjoy fishing with and stuff. And yeah, we didn't catch the aurora trout, but that was a, that was a pretty cool trip, regardless. Cool. Uh, what about you, John? Do much fishing? Not anymore. I used to do a lot, but I haven't for a long time. No way. Eh? No. And Derek, do you do fishing or catching? I at least? do fishing. I don't do catching. <laughs> yeah. Except for well, there was one trip. That, this was no, actually two trips. There was like a there was a half hour period on one trip one year. It was with the guys from work, and we were coming down the Sturgeon River, and and it was like nothing, nothing, nothing. And then just off this point, it was like bass after bass after bass after. It was like I was like throwing them back as fast as I could throw them back in the water. I was that I was hooking into them, so that was pretty wild. And uh, the other trip was uh, it was uh, let me see if I can remember the details of it. It was well there was uh, there was the Mikey one we circled Philip Edward Island and and I just it was just the the bass were on that day and and uh, I just as soon as I could drop the lure into the reeds the bass were on the hook. It's like what's going on, right? Oh, those are good days. Yeah, it's just yeah. amazing, and not only that. What was the what was even better about it? What was even just sort of perfect is I was catch. I caught a couple of these really huge bass, and and Mike gutted them and cleaned them for me. It's like how perfect is oh. that? <laughs> I, I, I caught the fish and I didn't even have to clean it. Perfect. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's like perfect. It's like I caught this beautiful fish, and Mike cleaned it for me. Actually, he netted it for me, too. So all I did is hook it. I didn't do much. Wow. <laughs> Why don't you just give him the rod and say, go get dinner? <laughs> yeah. Well, he was fishing, too, but we were both catching really good fish. I just I just was, like, catching them at an insane rate, right? Now, see, when yeah. I go with my brother, uh, I call him Greg Azumi, because uh, I used to love watching Bob Azumi and my brother Greg. 
my thing with him is if he's not catching fish, nobody's catching fish. There's nothing yeah. to be caught. Like he's he's just <laughs> that good, right? Mm-hmm. And if we go out on a on a, a fishing for the day and we're not catching anything, he gets a tad annoyed. But my whole thing is as long as somebody's catching something, because part of my enjoyment of fishing is watching other people reel in the fish as well. Just the excitement yes, of, absolutely, especially with the kids, yeah. you know, yeah, when, right. you get, when you get the kids in the boat and they just go nuts because they've, they've caught something mm-hmm. that that's part of the, the whole enjoyment of fishing for me as well. We had a fun, really fun day like that on, uh, it was on the Spanish River. It was uh, it was Scott, Martin, Mikey, and myself. And again, it was a Mikey trip. I seemed to catch a lot of fish when I was with Mike. <laughs> but uh, so it was a it was a we were about half. I think it was a halfway through the trip, and we stopped at this this just a big wide widening of the river, and just below that it was just these rocky turns with all these little sluices and uh, and so all four of us were just wandering up and down the rocks and everybody was just catching fish left and right. It was uh, it was just amazing. Some of the like uh, catching pike and bass, and I don't know what else we caught. Uh, it was like it was a big day of lots of fish, right? Yeah, those are good uh, days. Yeah, it was just so, it was such a fun day, and like we released a lot of them, but we kept some of the some of the nicer ones, right? Yep. And we had a nice big feed, and it was uh, it was just one of those perfect days. Like we caught a bunch of fish, and Martin he uh, he introduced me this to this uh, new drink. I never thought of it before, but it was uh, he just had, we did uh, tequila shots, and he we had slices of orange with cinnamon on the orange. So sl- shot of tequila and a slice of orange with cinnamon on it. And it was like, oh my God! It's like, <laughs> it's like tequila sunrise. It was, uh, it was just a perfect day. We we saw bear tracks. We saw a moose. Had a nice. It was a layover day. It was just a long, relaxing layover day. Cool. And, but so many fish, so many big fish. It was amazing. Yeah, if you're into pike, hit Woodland Caribou. I mean, Woodland Caribou. A lot of guys yeah. go up there. Uh, I know a lot of people from the U.S. come up because they want to get into the walleye, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. You, Pike everywhere. I'm not a big pike fan, but you catch them everywhere. They're very bony. Yeah. 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 If you don't know how to clean them, that's number one. But even the taste, it to me it's like yucky mashed potato texture. It's a bit muddier. You don't have that tender that that uh they're not the texture. The texture is a bit off. Yeah, that's the problem with pike is they're not like it's muddy and in the just like like you say, mud. Yeah. So, uh, but when you're speaking of drinks and you're talking about that tequila and orange slices, I mix up in one of my Nalgene bottles, Tang, 750 mils of water to one package of Tang crystals get you a thing of Tang. And Tang, orange juice, with tequila in your little metal cup is like a tequila sunrise sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Man, those are so good when you're in the backcountry. <laughs> Absolutely so yeah. good. Uh, we've had uh, a couple of trips on those and people like, I, I had uh, a liter of tequila and everybody was, that we're not finishing that tonight. Well, no, we finished it in about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> 
man, what, where did you get Tang and, and tequila from? Oh, my God, this is so good. Is there any more? Uh, no. Barely <laughs> drank this stuff like fishes. But the one thing I'll tell you right now, if you start drinking, I call them the Sean Tequila Sunrises. If you start drinking those, tequila and Tang, no hangover in the morning. Oh, yeah? Yep. Hmm. I know how to pick them, boys. I know how to pick them. <laughs> well, you know, when, when uh, Martin Garster first pulled out all those, he, he opened up the the barrel and he pulled out the oranges. I'm thinking, what kind of freak show brings oranges on a camping trip back, deep into the backcountry? It's like every portage, you're killing yourself. It's like, are you nuts? But after that, it's like, I'm bringing oranges. <laughs> I used to bring apples. It was worth it. It was it was an amazing thing. It the like the with the oranges and the cinnamon and the and the tequila shot. It was just it was just a nice wonderful treat in the middle of the afternoon. Hmm. It was pretty cool. I wouldn't I wouldn't think of the um, cinnamon. Yeah, it just added to it. It was. He just he just he sliced the oranges up and he just sprinkled a bit of cinnamon over them and uh, it was it was so amazing. Wow, I've never been a tequila lemon salt kind of person. I just you know what you can keep your lemon and your salt. Just give me the tequila. Well, you know I think the, the uh, lemon and the salt is where in the tequila is so raunchy and so bad that uh, you need something to chase that nasty taste down. Not if, if you, you know it's tequila, nice tequila to buy. A nice sipping tequila. Yeah. You don't need no uh, lemon and salt. No, that's the only stuff I get. <laughs> I think I got a nice. Bottle. See, I don't. I don't really have anything to add to this because I'd never drink. Yeah. Oh no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Father Van Berger. <laughs> yes. yes, my child. Yes. <laughs> no, you know what? Like, I'll bring something to sip on. Um, and usually it's something that I can mix with a powdered beverage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rye or tequila with hot apple cider, especially in the shoulder seasons, is a nice little hot toddy. Um. Yeah, if I'll bring some some vodka or something with some orange juice or uh but one of the guys we know brings two liter bottles of Coke because really? he's gotta have his rum and coke. Scott brings Coke. That's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't yeah, going to name brings, names, he, but he, he, deep into this trip, so Martin has these oranges, and there's Scott with like bottles of Coke. He likes his rum and Coke. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, that's so much weight. Yeah, but, you know he loves it, so it's worth it to him, right? Oh yeah, it all depends, right? If you're in it now, like I say, I'll also bring, and a lot of people I know, I mean, you bring the Baileys for your coffee, or you bring yes, some absolutely. some scotch for. Uh, you know, a little sippy sip around the, the fire or something like that yeah. in the evenings. Uh, everybody's different, but the one thing that I will say with everybody, I have... Oh, hello. Oh, are you getting a call? I don't know. Oh, apparently John disappeared there. Oh, is he off? Yeah, apparently he disappeared. Hey, John. Is, is he, he not is in he my back? ear now? I don't know. I, I'm hearing. Oh, apparently we're having technical difficulties again. Oh, look, he's. He looks like he's on, but he's not on. <laughs> he's, we lost John. Uh oh, we lost John. Uh, I will just continue. Well, but we're still figuring out what's happening with John. Um, I will say everybody that I have 
ever canoe tripped with, uh, has always been very, very responsible and intelligent when it comes to drinking on canoe trips. Yeah. And, and you have to, I've, I've never had to, I've heard people having to lecture individuals and I've never had to do it. I've never had to lecture anybody and say, Hey dude, don't go out now. You, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You know, somebody after supper, they've had a few and, and it's like, Oh, I'm going fishing. It's like, um, well, you're fishing from shore because you're not friggin' well going out in the canoe. Yeah. So, but I've never, I've heard people have to say that, but I've never had to do it. So fortunately, anybody that I've paddled with, they've been smart enough to avoid such shenanigans, right? Because the last thing you need is uh, having to rescue somebody, right? Somebody that's being an idiot. So fortunately, yeah. maybe it's just the, the the people that I choose to to paddle with. Nobody's ever been dumb enough to take chances like that. No, and and you can't. I mean, we we've always done the uh, at the end of the day when you're getting dinner ready. The minute somebody, like, you, you, everybody pulls their canoes up, gets all their gear up onto shore for the night, you know, you, it's it's your paddles, you stick them under the canoes, your life jacket, whatever, um, everything's secure for the night. Somebody says, bars open, that means yep. the canoes are not moving for the night. Yeah, bars open, paddles down. Yeah. So yep. I, I do have to say that as, as much as we talk about, you know, taking the booze out and having some drinks and, and what have you, uh, I've, I've luckily knock on wood, never had to deal with anybody that's gotten out of hand, uh, decided to do something a bit dangerous or anything like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is, which is really cool. Um, shall we, uh, shall we go for a commercial and see if we can get John back on? I, I think John's not, uh, coming back and, uh, that's actually all I've got for the night. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so he won't get a chance to say goodbye, but, uh, in his absence, I will say bye for John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have anything else for the show? No, I, I have, uh, I've, well, actually I could probably talk for another two or three hours and, uh, then come up with a few more hours of stuff, but, uh, okay, well you continue. We, we, I'm going to really go. We can't have the podcast go that long, can we? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go. You continue. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to myself. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm giving John another shout back here. Okay. I don't know if you guys can hear this or not. Hey, John. Hello. Oh, John's yeah. back. Oh, there you yeah. go. How you Drop doing, John? Down. What happened, buddy? Okay. I have no idea. Derek was saying a whole lot of nasty things about oh, you. Of course I was. <laughs> and I agreed I with all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know Derek would never say anything nasty about me. That's right, Father Van Berger. <laughs> uh, before we head off, John, here we're just sort of finishing it up. Uh, I, I was right. saying that I've never had a group of people that had, you know, we talk about the drinking and stuff like that. Uh, I've never mm-hmm. been with a group of people that have ever done anything stupid, gone out uh, paddling after they've been drinking or anything like that, knock on wood. Right. Um, I, I got to think that you would sort of be in the same boat, I would think. Yeah, you know, I, I we have that... We have that uh, same rule you do, right? Where um, once you get into camp, you know, set up camp, bar is open. But, you know, during the day and before that, no, it's it's just something. And actually, you know, uh, I would have a, you know, like have a beer when I was out paddling um, on local lake and stuff, you know, and, and a beer. I don't mean like, you know, going out and having a bunch of beers or whatever. Right. And I, I, I tend not to do that anymore even. 
you know, and and I think it's just a, a thing over time that I've kind of uh, shied away from actually. Um, but you know, and then of course I go to shore and I get blinding drunk, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> because you know that's what we do in Wisconsin. Yeah, you um, do. <laughs> get drunk no, and I, pound you know, back the cheese. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Is cheese? No, it's uh, yeah, it's just become, you know. God, I, I was going to say less of a thing as I've gotten older, but that would almost sound like I'm growing up, and I really don't, you know. You take that I mean, back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to pretend that I've made that mistake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? That's the good thing, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. got to be is. responsible. Yep, um, other than that, that's all I've got for the week. I think that's all Derek's got. He could say, he, Derek said he could talk for another few hours, so I was just going to leave the room and let him keep talking. Absolutely. But, <laughs> Um, well, and and since my internet went down, I, I called you back on my my cell here after you got cut off. I can't hear Derek now, so he might be talking for hours for all I know. Oh no, he's he's still bad mouthing you. <laughs> hey, uh, I can't even hear what he's saying right now. <laughs> Derek's saying the same thing. He can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, so. yeah. So I don't know. You got anything else for this night, uh, John? No. Um, Any closing thanks comments? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's kind of fun to talk about some of these things while we're waiting to be able to get back out again. And Yeah. And, well, uh, like, that was yeah. the whole purpose of it, right? Just Let's just uh, recount some of our yeah. our good times and adventures and uh, let people listen to us yabber for an hour and a half. And... Yes, have a fireside <laughs> chat. Yeah, an actual sort of fire. Do You guys had your fires going, right? I did. Yeah, yeah, on my desk. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Safety 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 first. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm going to need myself a new trash can. <laughs> safety third, folks. There's safety third. Uh yeah, so if that's all we have, uh if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and click the little episodes tab there and all our, this is what, 218 now? Episode 218 is... I think so. Yeah. Is, uh, you'll find all of them there. You can download them or stream them. Oh, one other thing. Sorry, two other things. John, not to rub salt in the wounds at the end of the day, you've put a uh, temporary pause, hopefully, on your Yukon Journey countdown. Yeah, we felt like, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it, it seems really unlikely that this is going to happen. And, right. and for a number of reasons, right? Because A, we want to be responsible. We don't want to carry the virus someplace else. We don't want to carry it to... You know, to vulnerable communities that that don't have access to a lot of healthcare. Right. Um, but you know, the other the other piece of this is, you know, let's say that the border opens, and I can get up there. I can stay away from those communities if I have a sixteen foot canoe that I can paddle myself. I can fill up enough food in there that I could do this trip, right, and and have no problem with it. Flip side of that is. And I think the more response, God, I hate to say responsible again. You're this is something terrible. I know. John got Jeez. old. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going to get off this. I'm just going to go get a bottle and drive around. Jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
can see this tomorrow. People are going to say, how can you advocate drunk driving? I'm, I'm, I'm not. That was a joke, a bad joke. Didn't okay. say I was doing the anyway. driving. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, the because this is kind of a serious thing, too, and that's always deflect off serious with bad jokes. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is, if something happens back home, you know, one of the reasons I didn't complete the Yukon journey two years ago is because my father-in-law's heart problems, right? Right. Um, and if something happens here, and there's, you know, let's face it with what's going on, there's there's a chance it, it could, yep. that it would be uh, extremely, I don't want to use the word responsible again, <laughs> but it would be, a, a, I would be a very poor partner if I were to leave my wife in a pandemic when potential for things happening to family members is high because we yeah. both have elderly parents. Right. And so for me to go up and do that trip right now, the way things are and the way things are looking and the way the numbers are looking, it just would not be wise. So pause the Yukon journey countdown photos for now. If it looks like if things change where I'm able to go up, I'll happily start it up again and go up. I, I can probably wait until about June 15th, uh, maybe a little bit later, uh, to start and be able to finish before the storms come in. But right now, we're just saying, you know what, let's just pause the countdown and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Play it by ear. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll keep up to date on that. Uh, okay. The other thing is the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium got uh, cancelled. Uh, it was supposed to happen actually this past weekend, April 4th, uh, in Kitchener-Waterloo. Uh, and we're a bit disappointed that that didn't happen. However, if you go to Canoe Hounds Outdoor Adventure Show on Facebook, he will be hosting, Dennis will be hosting... Uh, the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. All its guests will be doing a virtual show Saturday, April 18th at 7 p.m. So if you log on, it's a live. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do it. I don't know if they'll be each one individually presenting from their own home or if it's pre, pre film. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to throw links on our Facebook page and everything like that. But the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium, Saturday, April 18th at 7 p.m. on Facebook. It'll be a virtual uh, canoe symposium. Now, usually we are sitting in the, the uh, theater from 9 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon watching all this. So this is going to be a long uh, night of some good speakers and looking forward to it. So we will post information on our Facebook page and people can find out more uh, as as the uh, details come out and uh, the day gets closer. Um, I think that's about it. So from John, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. And I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Sprest. We'll see you next time.